from the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network Studios in Des Moines. I'm Mark Magnuson, and welcome to Iowa Ag Matters. In today's show, I will speak with April Hemis of the Iowa Soybean Association about new innovative non-food uses for soybeans. Riley speaks with Greg McBride of Allendale for some insight into the February WASD report. And Andy and Dustin will discuss how ag products fuel the Super Bowl. It's time now to welcome our hosts, Dustin Huffman and Andy Peterson. Okay, Mark, we're around Friday here. Another week of Iowa Ag Matters uh, drawing to a close after, of course, we wrap this one up. Thanks so much for being here as uh, Super Bowl Sunday, the big game and a bunch of ag products, Dustin, become the center of attention for a lot of people here this weekend. Yeah, that they do. And I know later on in the program, we're going to talk about just uh, how much agriculture has to do with the big game, not just on the table either. It's, there's things that you probably don't even think about that agriculture has to do with. And so, yeah, it's going to be kind of interesting to think about those things and, and talk about them going forward. And of course, you know, we'll have to probably talk about food somewhere along the line though, because you can't have a, the big game watch party or whatever you do without having snacks on the table as well. Yeah. The chicken wings, certainly we'll talk about that here coming up a little bit more um, markets after the WASD report basically the opposite of how they were in in post-report reaction yesterday. Get into that here as well as uh, visit with April Hemis about all things soybean related before we're wrapped up. Right now, though, we dive into the marketplace. Mark Magnuson with Matt Bennett of agmarket.net. Joined today by Matt Bennett of agmarket.net for our opening market discussion. Matt, yesterday, the WASD release. Yeah, I mean, with the WASD report, basically, uh, you came in here and you didn't do much on corn as far as U.S. is concerned. Feed, uh, seed, and industrial usage was lowered by 10 million bushels. It didn't really touch anything else. We felt like they could actually have raised uh, corn usage for ethanol. That didn't That didn't happen regardless your carryout ended up up 10 million bushels at 2.172 billion. You know, that's a big number. And quite frankly, as I look back, we haven't seen a number like that since the 2018 crop. So, you know, uh, I still think that the trade uh, continues to be on kind of a hangover from what's going on there. As far as the world's concerned, very interesting, in my opinion, that the USDA and CONAB from Brazil are diverging as much as what they are. I mean, we'll start with corn. I mean, you know, you look at uh, the USDA is at, oh, let me think, uh, USDA on Brazil has got them at 124, okay? For last year, they've got them at 137 million tons. Well, CONAB for last year's crops at 131.9, and for this year's crop, uh, they're down at 113.7. So, you know, CONAB's actually 5 million tons below the USDA for the uh, for last year's crop. You know, and they're 11 million tons below the USDA for this year's crop, uh, 10, 10 to 11. And so, you know, I don't know. It's they're very interesting. USDA is typically very slow, you know, to adjust uh, production in other countries. But I feel like maybe this year they're there, there, there's a lot of question marks, and uh, soybeans is the same thing. You know, Brazil's at is at uh, 156, but they raise last year's crop to 162, which was very interesting. Conab for last year's crops at 154.6, for this year they're cleared down at 149.4. So the USDA at 156 is easily the largest uh, estimate for Brazilian production. I'm not totally sure. I'm not, uh, you know, trying to say they're wrong. I just think that uh, we're going to learn a heck of a lot more here over the next two or three months as production uh, uh, continues to happen because harvest reports for us, uh, we continue to hear about some disappointing yields. Based on what we learned in the report yesterday, any indication on what we might see here in the marketplace today and maybe going into next week? 
Yeah, I mean, today it just looks like a path of least resistance is lower. You know, the corn market was able to settle in the middle of its range, which was nice to see. Of course, we went down and made another new low yesterday. Made a, uh, you know, we're trying to make a new low here overnight. Uh, soybeans actually were able to get up off the mat. Uh, soybeans had a pretty good run yesterday and got uh, to where the March beans closed up four and a half cents. But you look here this morning, you know, corn's down two to three, beans are down seven to eight. It's just pretty, uh, pretty aggravating. No, not able to get anything going here. We'll have more from Matt Bennett of agmarket.net come up later on in the program. But right now, Andy Peterson stopping in here with his three big Iowa ag matters. Number three. Dropping income on the farm, and it's a substantial one, according to the USDA's 2024 Farm Income and Financial Forecast, the agency's first income prediction for the new year. Carrie Litowski, economist with Economic Research Service, says 25% lower is the prediction. Starting with profits for the farm sector as a whole, which are forecast to decline in 2024. Net cash farm income for calendar year 2024 is forecast to fall 24% relative to 2023 in nominal dollars. And that farm income is forecast to fall almost 26%. Now she says cash receipts from crops and annual product sales are expected to decrease about 4%. And direct government payments are forecast to decrease about 16% as well as expenses on the increase. Number two. Opening Monday, nominations for the 15th Iowa's Best Burger Contest as the Iowa Beef Industry Council and the Iowa Cattlemen's Association celebrate the beef across the state of Iowa. Now, in celebration of the 15th anniversary, they are allowing all previous Iowa Best Burger winners to compete in the 2024 contest. Last year's winner, Flight Bar Plus Grill, of course, smashed records as a result of winning the competition. You can learn more at iabeef.org. Number one. Sparking backlash due to consolidation concerns in the fertilizer industry is the plant sale of the Weaver Iowa nitrogen plant to Coke Industry and Energy Solutions for $3.6 billion. Josh Linville, vice president of Fertilizer with Stonex, says it definitely raises eyebrows. There's been a lot of organizations that have stepped up in opposition to the sale. One of the big problems with North America nitrogen is that it is a bit of an old goblin. Look at it. The three major manufacturers control a very large portion of overall production in the U.S. And the market is trying to push back and say this sale represents the loss of yet another competitor in the space. We are becoming a three-party system, and that's worrisome, right? Because the less competitors you have, the less chance you have that value come under pressure because if one doesn't do it, the other two probably don't either. Despite the pushback, Linville expects the sale to get approval. I'm Andy Peterson. Those are your three big Iowa Ag Matters. You might think Iowa just grows corn, but the truth is, corn grows Iowa. Hi, I'm Stu Swanson, a farmer from Galt, Iowa, and the first vice president of the Iowa Corn Growers Association. Whether you're planting, harvesting, or anywhere in between, as a member of the Iowa Corn Growers Association, you're also actively advocating for our industry. As an ICGA member, you have a voice lobbying on ag issues at the state and federal levels on priorities that impact your farm. Join us today at iowacorn.org slash join. Well, of course, we've talked a lot about the uh, chicken wings and how many will be consumed at the Super Bowl. But there are a lot of other Iowa ag products that are on display, including the footballs. It's one of the fun things about the Super Bowl, actually. They have a big, huge display where they're actually making footballs that everybody can watch up and walk and purchase one if they'd like to but a lot of ag products will be utilized so we'll get into that coming up here on iowa ag matters
Well, welcome back to Iowa Ag Matters here on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. This segment being brought to you by Sweetwater Technologies. Join in on the road to 1 million acres and to find out more, check out sweetwatertechnologies.com. Well, Andy, it has become the biggest grocery store holiday of the year, beating out Thanksgiving and Easter, if you can believe that. And that is this Sunday's NFL championship game. I see, I got to remember which ones we're legally allowed to say uh, because there's that whole list of what we can say and how we can say it. But the, the, the big game is coming up this weekend, the championship. And of course, uh, food, a uh, big part of that and agriculture, a big part of the whole shebang. But yeah, I was really surprised to learn that this Sunday will become the busiest uh, grocery store day. Uh, we know what it is for like pizza deliveries and things like that, but for grocery stores, it's become bigger than Thanksgiving and Easter even. Yeah, isn't it crazy? And, and we can actually say Super Bowl in this segment because there's no promotion attached. Okay, to well, see, then I have to now we're okay. We can say Super Bowl anywhere. we, You know, because you, you've seen it, you know, in our years of broadcasting, that list of when we can say what and how we can say it. In fact, in my old station in, in Minnesota, we cut a PSA about being safe and partying responsibly, and we had to make sure that we had nothing. We, we did a whole thing. I'll have to send it to you sometime about uh, the Super Bowl and how we avoided saying anything NFL-related on that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh, – it's certainly become quite the the um, event, and of course, there's the talk about uh, you know all the chicken wings that will be eaten. Uh, One point right? eight billion, yeah, um, flat from last year. And then, of course, there's there's this. And if you ever go to a Super Bowl, and I've done it once, uh, I'm not sure that I would do it again. But it certainly was a great experience for one time. Um, there's a lot more to the Super Bowl that wouldn't be possible without agriculture and maybe some things that you don't think about now, obviously the footballs. And by the way, I have no idea why everybody says, yeah, the pigskin. It's not, it's, it's cowhide that covers the footballs. And, I thought, and I earlier. Looking back at, I thought there was something with pigs though in the history of the football, that that's how they got it to start. Maybe some of the earlier ones, but I could be wrong on that. Yeah. Cowhide is what's uh, over them now. Yeah. And, and you can see it's actually on display. They have, um, big sewing machines and all of their tools set up where they're making footballs outside of whatever uh, stadium the, the game is being played in. You can purchase one, see how they're uh, manufactured. There's a lot of different layers to it, obviously, but but you wouldn't have football without cattle. Um, the tickets printed on paper from trees, sometimes, though, cornstarch is involved yep. in the paper making process. And of course, soy ink is, uh, is on the, the tickets. Although I suppose you'd say those are becoming a, a thing of the past with, um, with e-ticks and that sort of exactly. thing too. Exactly. Plus you also got to think about the grass grown by sod farmers on the field. A lot of them have some kind of a natural turf, you know, some kind Maybe. of am- amalgamation. Do they have, do they have turf in Vegas? I believe they have some kind of, it's similar to what they have in the Viking stadium, which has got some kind of a blended turf and some, it's, it's going to be an interesting situation. I don't know how they're doing it because there's a whole big call into question right now, but grass obviously involved in there. At least it used to be. Uh, you also got to think about some of the agricultural elements that are in the paint uh, on the field. And there's, there's so much. And of course the food and obviously the popcorn that we grow, the, the, the stuff that goes into brewing beer and uh, the spirits. Ah, you finally got there. <laughs> yep, sometimes got there. So there's lots of things that we don't think about or we just take for granted. Obviously, the the cotton or the wool that's used in any assortment of clothing that you can buy. So there's so much that's involved. And, hey, while we were talking, I did look up why they were called pigskins. Mm-hmm. The early footballs were made by, inf- made by inflating pig bladders. Now you know. 
I'd much prefer <laughs> a cowhide. Thankfully, we have advanced from there. More IWAG matters in just a moment. Are you ready to diversify your farm income? Sweetwater Technologies, powered by GRIP, is offering the next generation of agricultural entrepreneurs turnkey owner-operated drone business partnerships. Together, we can grow and empower agricultural communities through technological solutions. It is our vision to build economic growth for future generations. Apply today to become a business partner and join our journey on the road to 1 million acres at sweetwatertechnologies.com. Around the state, we go in just a moment here on the Iowa Ag Matters program and take a look at statewide cash prices, even though some of the numbers are kind of ugly. Dustin Hoffman has the latest in just a moment on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. Time to run down some of those elevator prices for you here on Iowa Ag Matters for this Friday morning. I'm Dustin Huffman. We are still seeing the trend of prices going lower, though not as hard as they did at the beginning of the week. Still a few little ebbs here right now. Let's take a look at where things are. Starting at 80 m Burlington, they're 16 cents under on corn at 414. Soybeans 12 cents under at 1174. Cargill and Eddyville, 3 cents under on corn, cash bid 427. New Co-op Algona, a dime under on corn, $4.20. Soybeans, $0.55 cents under with a cash bid, eleven thirty-one. Ag State Sheldon, $0.13 cents over on corn. They're at four forty-three. Soybeans, $0.72 cents under. They're at eleven fourteen. Ag State Elta, a dime under on corn, cash bid, four twenty. Soybeans, $0.62 cents under at eleven twenty-four. Cargill Cedar Rapids, even today on corn. They're at four thirty. Soybeans, $0.15 cents under, cash bid, eleven seventy-one. Nexus Co-op in Marble Rock, they're eight cents under on corn. They're at four twenty-two. Soybeans fifty-two cents under at eleven thirty-four. Lincoln Way Ethanol Nevada, two cents over on corn. They're at four thirty-two. ADM Des Moines, twelve cents under on soybeans. Cash bid eleven seventy-four. New Co-op Red Oak, dime under on corn, four twenty. Soybeans fifty cents under at eleven thirty-six. Mid Iowa Cooperative Green Mountain, twenty-four cents under on corn. Cash bid four oh six. Soybeans fifty cents under at eleven thirty-six. New Co-op Sheraton, twenty cents under on corn, four dollars and ten cents. Soybeans fifty-five cents under. Cash bid eleven thirty-one. Walk On Feed Ranch, seventeen cents under on corn, four thirteen. Soybeans sixty-one cents under at eleven twenty-five. New Co-op Glidden, ten cents under on corn. Cash bid four twenty. Soybeans are fifty cents under. They're at eleven thirty-six. Innovative Ag Services Farley, fifteen cents under on corn, four fifteen. Soybeans fifty-two cents under. Cash bid eleven thirty-four. And Cargill Muscatine, they are closed for the season. They'll reopen for shipping on April the first. The office is open from eight thirty to four for regular business. Cash bids are subject to change without notice. Always check with your local elevator when making cash corn and soybean sales to obtain the most recent price. And that's been a check of the elevator prices here on Iowa Ag Matters. Locally led, locally relevant, locally driven. Mark your calendars this February to join the Iowa Soybean Association at a 2024 Innovation to Profit meeting in your area. With meetings in Storm Lake, Waterloo, Fairfield, and Lewis, this is an opportunity to engage with fellow farmers and learn about research opportunities to boost your profitability, productivity, and sustainability. A new year brings new opportunities. Take advantage of them today by registering at iasoybeans.com. This message is brought to you by the Iowa Soybean Association and funded by the Soybean Checkoff and the United Soybean Board. We've got more market information still to come here on Iowa Ag Matters, including a complete rundown of the midday numbers. Andy and Mark will have that for you come up later in the program. This is Iowa Ag Matters from the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network.
talked about the uh, basics earlier of Iowa Ag and the influence on the biggest thing happening this weekend, the Super Bowl. And there, yet there's more to it. We'll dive into some of the details here on Iowa Ag Matters. Thanks for joining us, Andy and Dustin, today. Riley, behind the scenes, making everything happen. Has Mark Magnuson caught up with the good Iowa Ag Matters advocate, April Hemis, uh, United Soybean Board, looking at non-food uses of Iowa soybeans. Mark Magnuson for the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. I'm joined by April Hemis, and April is, of course, involved with the Iowa Soybean Association, but also involved at the national level when it comes to the United Soybean Board. So, April, could you please remind our audience your role within both organizations as we are here today at Iowa Soybean Association's Farm Forward? Yeah. Um, my role on the Iowa Soybean Association is I'm the District 2 Director, and I'm entering, I'm halfway through my last year, which is amazing how fast that went, and also my my last year at the United Soybean Board, where I am the demand committee chairman. So in charge of all the demand products. And that is a great reason that we have to talk with you today, April, because we want to talk about those expanded uses for soybeans and those byproducts and kind of the things that we can do with the soybean that I'm not sure everyone realizes is capable. It's amazing all the uses. I mean, it's thousands, literally thousands of uses. So um, what's great is putting our checkoff investments into finding those new products and new things. You know, where would we be if we didn't do that with biodiesel? You know, that was years ago and people thought, oh, right, we're going to make fuel out of soybeans. And here we are today making renewable fuels and sustainable aviation fuels. And those are exciting new projects also. And it does seem like sustainable aviation fuel is the next big one, potentially. If everything gets online and we have those capabilities, that could be a demand boom. Exactly. I like to say that market's really taking off. Dad joke, sorry. But um, but no, that's what's so new and exciting about that, you know. And finally, we're getting over those government approvals and things like that to really have that market um, be put in the farmer's pockets, I say. That's more profit coming. So, so what, with more crush, that means, you know, 80% of that bean when we crush it is meal. Only 20% is oil. So we have to find new places for the meal to go also. So, yes, it makes a lot of sense that the liquid portion of that bean then is involved in things like the fuel and some of those other things that it is added to. But then you do have that leftover meal a lot of times. And, yes, that's used as a feedstock quite often. But what are some of those other uses? Yeah, so what we're doing with projects with um, soybean meal, the newest, most I I love to talk about is... um, firefighting foam so they use the foam to put out fires well that's always filled with PFAS or those forever chemicals so what we've done is um, projects that try that with the soybean meal and it has turned out to be better than the original soy foams that they've been using and it's past one test there's different levels of fires they can use it on so it's past one it's going through another so that'll be coming to the market soon and we just visited with a fire department in uh, the kansas city area and they're so excited to see that because they they worry about the environment and things like that too when they have to use the foam so here's soybeans having an answer to an environmental problem. So a natural byproduct then becomes a way to fight fires. That is very unique. And is that a brand new innovation then, or is that something that has been available? It's been, no, it's been in the works for years, but like anything, it has to go through those government approvals. So, you know, that's what, that's what's exciting about the meal part. Not only can it go into feed, but the new uses like that. Um, Also glues, um, we're really working on um, glues for meal, things like that, plywood adhesives, things like that, 
Sinlon has an adhesive made um, that, and that's an artificial turf. And now they're looking at even adding the oil in for the artificial turf and making it all soy-based. So wouldn't that be exciting to be playing on a football field or a golf course with some artificial turf? April Hemis, one of the directors with the Iowa Soybean Association. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Thanks for having me. Well, we're going to go ahead and get back with Andy Peterson. He's got his three big Iowa Ag Matters here on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. Number three. Dropping income on the farm, and it's a substantial one. According to the USDA's 2024 Farm Income and Financial Forecast, the agency's first income prediction for the new year, Carrie Litowski, economist with Economic Research Service, says... 25% lower is the prediction. Starting with profits for the farm sector as a whole, which are forecast to decline in 2024. Net cash farm income for calendar year 2024 is forecast to fall 24% relative to 2023 in nominal dollars. And net farm income is forecast to fall almost 26%. She says cash receipts from crops and annual product sales are expected to decrease about 4%. And direct government payments are forecast to decrease about 16%, as well as expenses on the increase. Number two. Opening Monday, nominations for the 15th Iowa's Best Burger Contest as the Iowa Beef Industry Council and the Iowa Cattlemen's Association celebrate the beef across the state of Iowa. Now, in celebration of the 15th anniversary, they are allowing all previous Iowa Best Burger winners to compete in the 2024 contest. Last year's winner, Flight Bar Plus Grill, of course, smashed records as a result of winning the competition. You can learn more at iabeef.org. Number one. Sparking backlash due to consolidation concerns in the fertilizer industry is the plant sale of the Weaver Iowa nitrogen plant to Coke Industry and Energy Solutions for $3.6 billion. Josh Linville, vice president of Fertilizer with Stonex, says it definitely raises eyebrows. There's been a lot of organizations that have stepped up in opposition to the sale. One of the big problems with North America nitrogen is that it is a bit of an old goblin. Look at it, the three major manufacturers control a very large portion of overall production in the U.S. And the market is trying to push back and say, this sale represents the loss of yet another competitor in the space. We are becoming a three-party system, and that's worrisome, right? Because the less competitors you have, the less chance you have the value come under pressure because if one doesn't do it, the other two probably don't either. Despite the pushback, Linville expects the sale to get approval. I'm Andy Peterson. Those are your three big Iowa Ag Matters. Locally led, locally relevant, locally driven. Mark your calendars this February to join the Iowa Soybean Association at a 2024 Innovation to Profit meeting in your area. With meetings in Storm Lake, Waterloo, Fairfield, and Lewis, this is an opportunity to engage with fellow farmers and learn about research opportunities to boost your profitability, productivity, and sustainability. A new year brings new opportunities. Take advantage of them today by registering at iasoybeans.com. This message is brought to you by the Iowa Soybean Association and funded by the Soybean Checkoff and the United Soybean Board. Well, of course, yesterday was the WASDE report, and things didn't quite go like, well, they kind of went all right, but it wasn't anything too exciting. But we were interested to see what the USDA numbers were on Brazil, and of course, they didn't lower them as much as many people thought they were going to, but the markets didn't react quite what people expected anyway. But we'll take a look at what they're doing today now, one day past the WASDE report. Mark and Andy will have that come up next year on Iowa Ag Matters from the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network online at iowaagnet.com.
This is the Midday Market Update on Iowa Ag Matters. I'm Mark Magnuson. Joined today by John Heinberg of Total Farm Marketing for our Midday Market Discussion and today, WASD Report Day. John, what are you seeing? Let's go right to the bean one because that's the one I think everybody's kind of focused on, at least with that South American supply, what's happening there. First off, in the South American numbers, the USDA continues to kind of slow uh, slow roll that. Uh, this morning, Conab dropped those numbers down fairly significantly. They put the Brazil bean crop at 149.9. USDA just moved 1 million metric tons to 156. So again, the market's probably even discounting that number at this time frame. The biggest thing within the soybean numbers that uh, I would classify as disappointing, but I was a little worried about, is the fact they didn't make any demand adjustments on the last report. I left demand status quo. Soybean export sales are behind pace right now. Another week this week of uh, poor sales below expectations according to what the analysts were thinking. So they did cut soybean exports by 35 million bushels, added that to the carryout. On the corn side, not a whole lot of changes there. Carryout did go up slightly on just some feed and industrial usage, taking some demand out there, moved carryout up by 10 million bushels. The market was actually hoping for a little bit of a drop there. So that one basically right now is not really affecting the market overall. It's pretty minor in terms of the line item. That's the latest on the grains. Here's Andy Peterson with more livestock news. Diving into the livestock numbers here today, let's start on the beef side of the equation. Daily estimated slaughter totals 126,000 head. That's 1,000 less than a week ago and 3,000 more than a year ago. Box movement is strong. Prices are a little bit higher as well. 90, excuse me, 103 loads of choice cut selling. 91 cents higher, 294.98 on uh, uh, strong movement, obviously. Select just 29 loads selling, 82 cents stronger, 285.42, and that spread still below 10 bucks at 956. As far as pork goes, daily estimated slaughter total numbers coming in at 487,000 head. 3,000 less than a week ago, and 7,000 more than a year ago. Cash market-wise here, let's wrap up yesterday's trade for comparison purposes. Barrows and gilts producers sold on a carcass basis, negotiated purchase-wise. About an average run of 5,200 head of sales. The market was 92 cents stri- uh, higher. Weighted average price, 66.37. Formula purchases, a strong run of 156,000 head. The weighted average price settling at 72.94. So that market ended up basically flat. Now, as far as what's happening here at midday, it's been a pretty light day on a negotiated purchase-wise contract. Only 2,700 head. Market sharply lower, down about twenty-eight to sixty-four twenty-nine. Formula purchases one hundred eight thousand head of movement, and the weighted average price seventy-two seventy-six. Silver twenty cents lower. In February, we celebrate World Radio Day here at the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. We feature Iowa-centric programming with content focused on Iowa crop farmers and livestock producers who draw their livelihood from modern production agriculture. Today, the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network offers nine programs per day, anywhere from two and a half to four minutes. In addition, the network airs a daily midday program featuring Iowa Ag News and discussions called Iowa Ag Matters. We thank you for supporting the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network as we celebrate World Radio Day in February. At midday, March corn is down one and a half at 432 and three quarters. March soybeans down one and a half at 1187 and a half. On the Merck, February live cattle up $1.55 at $183.77. March feeder cattle up $1.92 at $247.47. April lean hogs down $1.17 at seventy nine ninety two. That was a check of the Midday Markets on Iowa Ag Matters. I'm Mark Magnuson.
continuing the market conversation now as we focus on livestock. Mark Magnuson and Matt Bennett from agmarket.net. On the other side of the ag marketplace, Matt, what's taking place with the livestock? Hey, we got something good to talk about finally. You know, you look at uh, cattle, for instance, and I'll tell you what, these April cattle, uh, uh, they went down uh, went down hard, you know, uh, down 30-some uh, bucks yeah, from that high of 199, you know, and then you turn around, and I know a lot of folks were saying these cattle are dead on arrival, but, <clears throat> you know, you look right now, and April cattle are 186.57 on the close yesterday. That's the highest that we've seen in sales since about, I'm going to call it the second week in November. You know, so this market continues to race higher. We're above all moving averages on uh, fat cattle. And, um, you know, quite frankly, I think that this market could have a little more room to run. So I don't think it's hurting anything whatsoever that corn continues to make new lows. You look over at the feeders and it's the same type of discussion. You're above all of your moving averages. You've got the feeders at, uh, let's see, April closed at 251.92. You know, the last time we saw a trade like that, that would have been clear back in uh, October, actually, as far as feeders are concerned. So uh, the cattle market looks awfully strong. We're getting to a level, though, where I think a lot of folks need to start thinking, hey, yeah, this looks great, sounds great, everybody's bullish. You know, maybe we need to be thinking about a little bit of risk management. And on the hog side of things. Yeah, I mean, hogs actually uh, have performed okay, but the problem is they just can't seem to sustain anything. I guess one thing I've said a lot lately is hogs don't seem like they can stand prosperity. You know, so over the last five days, I mean, we basically trended lower. I mean, we got clear up into, oh, I don't know, a little over $86, you know, as far as Febs are concerned. And now we're back down here, uh, closed overnight, 80.35. Again, we're just having a hard time sustaining any sort of a rally effort. I don't think that there's near the interest in uh, owning uh, uh, pork is what there is whenever you look over at the beef side of things. So uh, chopping higher overall on on the chart, but uh, I don't expect uh, to be making any uh, new highs uh, right away. You're right in the midst of all your moving averages. It's probably what you would call maybe a little bit of a healthy market. It just isn't a bullish one. Wrapping up here today, we've been talking a lot in the office here recently about the price of beef moving forward after what we've learned in the cattle inventory report knowing about the extremely low numbers in the cattle herd in this country. What are your viewpoints in kind of the next year, I guess, when we think about going to the grocery store and looking at beef on the shelves? You know, I think that you could make new all-time highs as far as fat cattle are concerned, which could drive some of those prices at the retail level uh, quite a bit higher. Part of the reason for that is that your cattle on feed, you know, and your placements could be rather low. Uh, Considering that, uh, you've got to assume that uh, this being a futures market, some of that is being built into the market today. uh, But can the market go up and maybe go to that magical $200 level that I think a lot of folks really wanted to see? Uh, Yeah, I think it's possible. Are you ready to diversify your farm income? Sweetwater Technologies, powered by GRIP, is offering the next generation of agricultural entrepreneurs turnkey owner-operated drone business partnerships. Together, we can grow and empower agricultural communities through technological solutions. It is our vision to build economic growth for future generations. Apply today to become a business partner and join our journey on the road to 1 million acres at SweetwaterTechnologies.com. Well, after a bit of a bump in the soybean market yesterday following the WASD report, we're back down today. Corn the other way fell a little bit yesterday. Now we're a little bit stronger. So what's up with the numbers and the outlook going forward? Riley sits down with Greg McBride from Allendale right after this.
High hopes that yesterday's WASDE report may provide a bit of a spark in regard to the commodity markets, grains and oil seeds, and not so much. Why? Well, Riley finds out now, visiting with Greg McBride at Allendale. First off, Greg, uh, what did we see from those numbers? Uh, what changes did we see? Well, minor changes to the uh, to the corn side of things. We did see a decrease of food feed and industrial on the uh, on the corn uh, usage side of things. So, um, a little bit on the bear side there. We were looking for a minor decrease in ending stocks. We instead get a a minor increase to two point one seven two billion bushels. Um, so nothing major when you're talking about uh, uh, 10 million uh, bushels versus the carryout of two, over 2 billion. It's kind of a drop in the bucket on that one. So nothing major there. On the uh, uh, on the uh, bean side of things, this is where it, it was bearish. It was clearly bearish. We saw a, a decrease in uh, export demand of uh, 35 million bushels uh, made by the USDA. We were uh, personally looking for somewhere between 10 and 15 million, but they they obviously see things a little bit differently and and cut it by 35. That was the only major change to the uh, uh, to the uh, beans. So you're looking now at a 315 million bushel uh, ending stock number uh, up uh, that 35 million bushels from 280 last month. So overall, uh, uh, the U.S. side of things uh, on the bear side, you did see an increase of 10 million bushels to the uh, to the wheat. Uh, ending stocks as well. Um, on the world side of things, a uh, slight decrease off of uh, corn and actually lower than expected. Same thing on the wheat, whereas the beans were actually higher than uh, last month and uh, about three and a half million tons higher than expected. So uh, uh, an increase when we were looking for a decrease and significantly higher. So uh, really a, a, a very bearish uh, look to the uh, to the bean side of things uh, when you uh, when you really lay it out that way. And then what's kind of curious is that, yeah, it was a bearish report, and you can see that in the wheat markets right now, but uh, corn and soybeans in particular aren't reacting as bearish or as bearish as we thought they would have. So, you know, what's kind of the speculation on, on what's maybe causing that lack of a reaction? Yeah, so when you when you look at uh, what we got out of uh, out, out of Conab today, so the USDA comes in and, and makes their adjustments to uh, to what they expect out of the South American crop, and uh, they made no changes to Argentina when we were looking for a slight uh, a slight increase to both. So that's uh, that's going to lean to the uh, to the friendly side. But uh, when you look at uh, uh, Conab and specifically Brazil, they made their uh, their announcement of their numbers uh, earlier this morning and cut to. Uh, Bean production from 155.2 down to 149.4, so almost six million tons uh, lower than uh, than where they were at uh, just a month ago. And on the uh, the corn side of things, they lowered by almost four million tons, so a very uh, very uh, aggressive cut by Conab. Whereas the USDA actually played it a little bit uh, tighter. They did lower the corn by 3 million tons from 127 to 124. That was in line with estimations, but the soybean side of things, they only dropped by a million metric tons. Everybody's going to look at that and say, well, Conab should have a better feel for uh, for the crop down in Brazil because they have the boots on the ground. Yes, we have an ag attache down there, but uh, overall, we we shouldn't have a, a better insight into what they that what that Brazilian crop is. So the fact that Conab was a little bit more aggressive on their cut is probably one of the reasons that we're holding things as firm as we are. Yes, we're down right now as we go into the last uh, 30 minutes of uh, of trade here, but 
this could have been one of those one of those bearish reports from the uh, uh, from the USDA for beans that could have easily dropped us twenty to even forty cents, and maybe the the uh, corn dropping ten to fifteen cents. So it was one of those uh, reports where uh, it could have been much worse, and it still could be. But uh, it kind of feels like maybe Conab's number is is kind of uh, holding us uh, firm because that that crop is not necessarily as good as what uh, what everybody thinks. Well, definitely some interesting information there on the WASDI. And speaking of interesting information, we're going to talk now with Jolene Reeson of the Iowa Corn Growers Association. There's a lot of conversation at Commodity Classic about the importance of carbon intensity scoring and increasing farmer participation. Iowa Corn Growers Association, one of the leaders on the issue, according to President Jolene Reeson. So I had a study done here on my farm, and I'm actually a, a negative carbon emitter. And, and I managed to get to that point by a no-till, I use cover crops. I have a custom feed yard that we feed cattle in, and I utilize that manure as part of my, as part of my fertility program. The ground is is actually worked very little. Um, if we can no-till it, that's usually what we do. Always keeping in mind, you know, the soil erosion, carbon capture. We just try and do everything that we can to number one keep the soil on my farm, number two, to keep the fertilizer on my farm. She says lowering ethanol's carbon intensity score will be key to unlocking the sustainable aviation fuel market, and you can learn more at iowacorn.org. Well, that is going to be it for this week on Iowa Ag Matters, another great show. Of course, enjoy the weekend. I'm sure a lot of you will be helping consume that $1.8 billion worth of chicken wings. I know uh, I'll probably be doing at least billion of them myself. Thanks to Mark, thanks to Riley, thanks to Andy, and thanks to you for listening. We'll see you next week on Iowa Ag Matters.